I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Wontrich. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. Yourself? I am doing well. Summer is is definitely here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are getting into the nice weather and it feels good. I'm, I'm ready for it. Time to put the ice in the scotch is how I look at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Summer drinking, I, I often find myself being a lot less formal. You know, it's oh, yeah. uh, lots of outdoor events and, you know, uh, being guests in people's homes or staying in, you know, Airbnbs or whatever. And often, you know, it's sort of ad hoc and whatever's in the cabinet, you know, in terms of glassware, you, you kind of use and you sort of find yourself, you know, whether you're drinking out of an old jam jar or a rocks glass or a wine glass. Yeah, it, it's it, like, it seems wrong to be picky about such things. You and I have discussed this over the last couple of, of weeks, but sort of this idea that so entrenched in our minds that you know that certain drinks belong in certain glasses and 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 some people in our world are very very particular about such things well i i used to know one bartender who traveled with a little leather case that had two perfect uh uh austrian crystal cocktail glasses in it i thought that was going a little far but you know you do you (laughs) <laughs> I have I've had the pleasure of having um, several meals with our uh, our colleague and uh, half full columnist Mimi Sheridan, who uh, is obviously you know uh, uh, I should say esteemed colleague, uh, you know, who's the New York Times food critic for a Absolutely long time, legendary. Legendary. She's in her nineties, um, and we were eating at a restaurant, and she loves a whiskey sour. That is her favorite. I, I still hope the three of us are supposed to do There's a story wrong about with that. them. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to do a story about that at some point, and hopefully we get to do it um, in the near future. I would love that. And uh, I remember we, we were having dinner. We ordered drinks. She ordered her whiskey sour, came to the table. She politely informed the um, bartender or manager who was, who was waiting on us because of her that this was not a whiskey sour glass. This is, <laughs> this is the wrong glass. And I, you know, I, I pretended that there was a spot on my shirt or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, I was focusing mm-hmm. on a point in the horizon, not to make um, eye contact with anybody, but, um, you know, she politely and, <laughs> and, and, and the manager to his credit said, you know, look, I, I, yes, Mimi, you are correct. This is not a traditional whiskey sour glass, but this is the one that we use for our whiskey sour. With that, you know, he he left and and the drinks were enjoyable. And I thought, you know, that is a pretty funny anecdote. And uh, you know, she, you know, she's she was right. I mean, that yeah, is but, not the I, I would I would not have probably pointed it out myself, but no, um, no, I, I tend to take these these things as they come and uh, be just grateful that I'm getting a drink at all rather than, you know, 
being out and working for a living. But uh, she must have been miserable during the 1970s. I got to tell you, if yeah. she's got that level of like detail requirements for glassware, because uh, I remember our late uh, dear friend, uh, Gary or Gaz Regan, uh, telling me about uh, one of the bars he used to work in in, in in the 1970s in New York. And I remember similar things quite vividly. No matter what drink it was at this bar, whether it was a martini, whether it was a draft beer, uh, whatever it was, it came in a white wine glass. That was the one kind of glass they stocked. Why? Because nobody really gave a shit. You know, it was like, look, we're here. It's the 1970s. We're out to have fun in our bar. We don't really care. And he said, you know, nobody ever complained. It was all it was it was fine. He thought that was taking things a little a little far down. And I do, too. But at the same time, you know, if it's a fun bar and I got to drink my uh, my very dry Tanqueray martini, which was basically what I was drinking then, or my scotch and soda out of a white wine glass. Well, okay, that's what I'm drinking. And I think if, you know, an establishment kind of owns that, right, where, you know, we've both been in bars or, or restaurants where, you know, they only use, you know, ball jars, right? And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this idea that Italians only use, you know, uh, you know, water glasses for wine, which obviously we both know that italians also own wine glasses but like um, often it's this idea that like you know it's somehow refreshing to break the rules you know and meanwhile you know it's probably because the bar can't afford you know to buy 15 different types of glasses and or they want you to think that they're just that kind of casual fun bar when in point of fact a corporate marketing decision and they buy ball jars by the case Right, right they're not left over from making jam well, I remember talking to um, a bartender and, and bar owner um, who had had a bar in, 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 I think, in San Francisco. And she was saying that for them, you know, a lot of it was they were so concerned with paying back their investors on time that, like, you know, they were very careful to make the menu so that, you know, and it came down to what drinks went on the menu, came down to often what glass they were in because... Right. They only had a certain number of coupes, a certain number of like, you know, martini glasses. Certain, so like, you know, if, if four drinks would require the same glass, they couldn't do them in the same month or whatever the <laughs> flip was. They would have to like swap it out for a drink in a different type of glass because they just they couldn't afford to buy. They couldn't buy the cases of glassware. Right. So they were yeah. you know, they just had enough to cover one drink in a coupe. And that was like the rule. Like we can only have yeah. one drink in a coupe and that's it. And, it, and that was, you know, it sort of dawned upon me like, wow, like that's, that's a real thing. Like that's, you know, oh, yeah. that's a real cost for a bar. So, you well, know, there's a lot of breakage, you know, that's the, that's one of the problems. Oh, for it's, sure. I mean, glasses are made to break. I've got a friend who's a glass blower. <laughs> And he yeah. gave us these all these beautiful glasses, and uh, and uh, we, you know we've been using them. And whenever we see him, uh, he says, you know, so what's up with the glasses? I go, we haven't broken any yet, and he's really disappointed in us. <laughs> you know? He wants wow. to make better ones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want us using the same old ones that we've been using. But you know, you know, if you think back, like in the in the. 19th century when the American bar was established, it really didn't have that many different kinds of glassware. I mean, they started right. there, there would be like a small bar glass and a large bar, gla- bar glass. The one was for like 
cocktails and it was basically what we call an old-fashioned glass now you you would put cocktails in that and like smashes and all these like kind of short uh, american type drinks uh, eggnogs and then there'd be the the tall glass where you'd put things that had ice in them you know that were that were big long slow sippers then you know there might be a little pony glass for for spirits and that was really about it i mean there wasn't much eventually things got a little fancier and they added a stemmed glass for cocktails so that uh, you, once they stopped putting ice in the cocktail so that it wouldn't get warm, you know, from your hand. And that was, that was a, that was a big move. And then they had to add a sour glass because uh, the cocktail glass was too small to hold a jigger of booze plus uh, the juice of half a lemon. Cause these are little tiny cocktail glasses. Sure. If you ever go to like antique stores and look at the cocktail glasses, they hold like maybe three ounces tops. Yeah. You know, little tiny things made to have a two ounce jigger of booze and uh, whatever water melts into it when you stir it, you know, and maybe some bitters, a little, just a tiny bit of sugar. So they, they just don't hold anything. That was one of the the great epiphanies you know, of, of spending time with Dale DeGroff, you know, the father of the rebirth of the cocktail, like early on, you know, when the rebirth of the, the cocktail, you know, started, yeah, it was all of these giant martini glasses that could hold like half a bottle. Oh like my a God, third bird of a bath bottle. glass. <laughs> right. I mean, um, I remember going with a bunch of bartenders at one point to the uh, St. Regis, right. And, and to the King Cole room and they, they're giant glasses yeah. and, and you and I were there and I remember that <laughs> unless you could drink, like, I don't suggest anybody chug their martini, but you'd literally have to chug it in order for it to stay the right temperature. Oh, Otherwise, it, it, not even just to stay cold, but to, to avoid being like room temperature. Right. You know? and, just, and, and Dale was just, you know, that was one of his big things was like, look, like they were small so that yes. the drink would stay cold. And it was one of those things where like the light bulb goes off in your head. Like, Oh, right. That is the point. Like, they were also <laughs> small. So you wouldn't get absolutely smashed. Well, that also, I yes. Mean, those, those, <laughs> You're going to have more than one. I I remember Uh, on that occasion and on many others when I'd go out to like steakhouses and get the birdbath martini. And, uh, you know, that was a post-war thing. It happened after World War II when they suddenly had uh, double-sized martini and old-fashioned glasses. Mm. And that meant it went up from like three ounces to six ounces. Once it went to six ounces, then they doubled that to 12 ounces. And once you got a 12 ounce martini glass, you're in a world of hurt. You know? <laughs> no, no, I don't care how big the steak is. You can't, yeah. It doesn't a 12, balance 12 ounce out. Martini glass, it, it, you really don't fill it up. And when you don't fill it up, people complain. So right. then you do fill it up. And then you've got a 12 ounce martini. Yeah. On a previous episode, we were chatting with Christopher Kimball for Milk Street about this sort of American tendency to customize everything, right? Oh, yeah. Like, and and you definitely see that with drinks where you know you know every drink suddenly has to have its own glass and like some of them i get right like you know the mint yeah. julep glass you know the the you know you you have these beautiful julep cups like part of the whole drink is the presentation you don't want the ice level to form on the you know the but, you know, you could do that with a highball glass. Too. Sure, for just, sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, where the <laughs> Moscow mule comes in, yeah. you know, a copper, you know, mug. And I mean, obviously, like, does it affect its flavor? No, but it's, you know, part of the ritual. It's part of the reason why people order the drink, you know. It, oh, it, for it sure. Cool. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But like some of it is, you know, I've also talked to people. I remember talking to a man, we were doing an event in LA and he came and he came up and he said to me afterwards, you know, I really, I, I love margaritas, but I don't order them. I thought to myself, why? I hate the glass they come in. I don't like the big margarita glass. And I said, okay, like, I don't, you know, that's okay. Like, you know, you put it in another glass for you. You can order it in a rocks glass. And it was like, I had told him the secret to life. He was like, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, just tell them that you want it on the rocks or, you know, or or, or, just a, you know, regular cocktail, you know, just a regular glass without a stem. And he said, oh man, like that's, I'm going to do that. But, you, you know, can. Like, I, you know. I often get really angry about people uh, who uh, won't order things in a cocktail glass because often it's it's based on like this bullshit macho idea that you know it's not masculine to drink things in a cocktail glass, which yeah. is you know absurd. Humphrey Bogart drank out of cocktail glasses <laughs> every day think, of his adult <laughs> life, and uh, I think, yes. know, he's. Uh, I think he's, that says it all. He's, he was a, a fairly masculine guy. Yeah, yeah. Robert Mitchum, you know, drank out of cocktail glasses. Yeah. Well, say, I mean, the same knock on, you know, certain colors of drinks, and I, mean, I know I think... it, that that stuff all uh, just really severely tries my patience. You yeah. know, it's like I, I hope that is some of the stuff that we lose in the, you know, really forever in the next few years that just yeah. ascribing drinks to one sex or another, I think, is it's, such a it's ridiculous and really, stupid idea. Really. So it's it's limiting and it's demeaning and it's no fun and really who cares you know right that's the thing and i say you know as we always say drink what you what makes you happy and and i think also yeah. drink it drink how you like and drink it in whatever glass makes you <laughs> you know yeah. like I, you want everything in a coupe then put everything in a coupe the really classic v-shaped ones the, the art deco glass that was introduced in the, in the 20s uh, that's a hard glass to drink from. I understand why people don't like that particular one because the the, the sides just flare out. And uh, if you tip it slightly, suddenly you're wearing your drink. But where, like in, 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 a, in a coupe or, you know, something like that, where, where the sides uh, come up horizontally, uh, uh, vertically rather, to keep it from sloshing so much, there's a reason you want it on a stem. It, you, you, you want that drink to be as cold as you could possibly get yeah. it yeah and anything that helps to keep it cold is great there are glasses that i have in our house that i just won't use because they're so delicate yeah that like i'm always worried <laughs> i'm gonna break yeah. them but that you know i like a certain heft of the glass just to make sure <laughs> that even if it does break it'll break in big pieces and not not, yeah. <laughs> like, like some of them just oh. if i I feel like if I look at them the wrong way, they're just going to crumble into a pile of, you know, back into sand where the glass came from, but uh, uh, the silica, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. When my wife, Karen, uh, was pregnant and she had to stop working uh, many years ago now, 
uh, she was working for uh, one of the great uh, restaurants in New York, Larry Ford Jones, an American place, you know, long gone, but but really uh, much beloved restaurant. Yeah. And uh, for her goodbye party, Larry and 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 the the staff gave her a set of six Tiffany Martini glasses. Ooh that we still have because we're afraid to use them a because <laughs> they hold about 10 ounces right. so but b because they're delicate crystal yeah. glasses and you know are incredibly beautiful as long as you want uh, uh, 10 ounces of cold gin but uh, right. uh which you know i do uh but uh they are uh they you know we we just keep them in 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 the uh cabinet and, and just look at them every once in a while just to make ourselves happy but uh I don't think we've used one in the last five years. You know, looking at like old cocktail books and pamphlets for, yeah. you know, uh, brands or other things where, you know, you often see, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how, you know, certain drinks that we now ascribe to a certain type of glass, you know, for decades came in a different glass or, you know, right. uh, you know, or, or even there's certain, you know, sometimes they, they show, I think it's in like, you know, Trader Vic in one of his books is like a big list of glassware. I'm like, a lot of them you don't even, you never even see anymore. Like you couldn't find them anymore. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's amazing to see how drink trends sort of play out through glassware over time. Oh yeah. I mean, if you go to any good thrift shop and just go to, I always love going to the, to the glassware shelf where, yeah. you know, or like a Salvation Army or something like that. And you, you could, you could just chart like the history of America there. You know, oh, yeah. just oh, yeah. by the by the by the different sizes and shapes of glasses, and they're you know, there there's the, there's the often they're datable because they're wedding glasses and they got the date <laughs> of the wedding stamped on them, you know, and it's like that is an ugly glass. Of course, it's from 1987. You right, know? exactly. It's like oh boy. And like you know, I think when things are you know better, like economically, you know, like the glasses tend to get ever larger, you know, yeah. and you get these, you know, crazy rocks glasses that like, you know, I, I you know, it's sort of the equivalent to the bathtub martini glass yeah, the, where you could put the bucket glass, I guess. That, that's oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It, and it's a giant bucket, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, half a bottle of bourbon in there, you know, you're like, Oh, easily, wow, yeah. this is, this is not, I mean, it's like stuff that would now almost be sold as like a ice bucket, People used to yeah. drink that. Like, well, I mean, it was the same thing as with the martini glasses. You know, it started out as the old-fashioned glass that holds about six ounces, and then they doubled that and make the double old-fashioned. That's twelve ounces, and then you know that becomes the the standard. So they got to double it again, and then you've got a you know a fifth of bourbon in, in your in your mitt. <laughs> it's a lot. It's it's interesting. I you know, but but at the same time, like shakers like usually stay for the most part the same size yeah. i mean i have i have one or two lar very large ones in my collection but it's like over time it's like the glassware gets very large but like i i mean maybe the pitchers like get ever larger for stirring cocktails yeah. but the shakers sort of weirdly stay the same size no matter how big well there's the kind glass of a is. practical limit on how big you can make it you know to yes. keep in somebody's house or lift and, and, up. Like. Yeah, because I've got a couple of very large ones that really take effort to, to, you know, you fill it up and you you pour your 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 quart of gin in and your, you know, uh, eight ounces of, uh, of vermouth and uh, and your ice and, uh, 
And if you want to shake in martini, which, you know, I don't always hate, especially if you've got a lot of people, you could shake up martinis for everybody. Yeah. Like everybody in that thing. But uh, it, it, it takes effort and it's hard to strain. So there's kind of a practical limit there, I suspect. Yeah. But it is funny. It's like that. It's like, yeah, you have yeah. To make more right batches. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it means, you know, the poor bartender has to do twice the work. Exactly. Exactly. Or like, you know, so that was supposed to be for four of you. Four straws. Just put four straws in this. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even looking in thrift stores or some of these books, it's, you see a glass and you're like, what did people use that for? You know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, sometimes it's interesting to try to figure out, sort of reverse engineer what creation was supposed to oh, do. <laughs> I got a, a friend of mine, uh, Luca Picchi, one of the top bartenders in Italy, gave me the weirdest thing. And uh, he, he, he it was wrapped and he hands it to me and I unwrap it uh, later. And, and I'm sitting, looking in my, sitting in my hotel room in Florence, looking at this thing, trying to figure out what the hell it is. It was a clay pipe with the name of a long forgotten uh, Italian aperitivo brand on it. And uh, you were supposed to drink the aperitivo through the stem of the pipe, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because it was like, uh, it had like a sea captain theme in their marketing. Okay. That's an interesting. And so it was like, yeah, it's like, you know, kombucha, uh, you know, uh, drink from the captain's pipe. I couldn't figure out what the hell you were supposed to do with it at first. I had to call him and say, well, yeah, what, what this is, is this? great. Thank you so much. But what the fuck? <laughs> where, where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I first started really drinking cocktails and writing about stuff yeah. like, you, you know, you go to like a big Salvation Army, like in uh, upstate New York or something. And it was just, you know, mm-hmm. aisle, like a huge aisle just full of like glasses and Oh, all kinds of stuff. You know, and like, you know, glasses with like a, like a big bowl for ice and like, you know, maybe different sizes. And I mean, it was obviously wonderful for us because we were looking for that kind of stuff, but it always made me so sad, you know, because it was like these, you know, big sets and like, clearly people bought it to like, you know, for, to drink with friends and family and have a good time. And we had gotten so far away from the cocktail and now to my chagrin like those types of and we should have bought all of those sets yeah, <laughs> I know. sets are now really, uh, really their kids weren't interested but their grandkids were exactly and now <laughs> those things know. are very collectible and i was yeah. like in a gallery in the brookshires a couple of months ago and these sets that you know we, we could have bought for a few dollars are now of course selling for hundreds of dollars right you know and and it's but at least people hopefully use them and i think that's sort of uh that that made me happy to to see that they weren't just going to be uh, thrown away or you know forgotten in some sad yeah. thrift store, but they would. Funny about uh, ten years ago, up in uh, rural Pennsylvania at the Salvation Army, I, we had a, a house out in, out in the country full of people, and I needed to make punch for everybody, and uh, we didn't have a bowl, so I went to the Salvation Army and I got a bowl, cut glass bowl with uh, 12 cups and uh, a tray and a glass ladle, the whole set for 20 bucks. Exactly. And then exactly. Uh, I was like, oh, that, that's 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 good. Uh, and then uh, a couple more pe- people were coming, it turns out, uh, from you know somewhere some who, who were uh, up, up in the country uh, at another house and they were gonna come and visit and we didn't have enough cups. And I remembered they had another bowl there. So I went back and bought that one too for another 20 bucks just for the cups. 
uh, <laughs> so we'd have enough cups. And uh, the last time I saw one of those sets uh, there, it was selling for $120. No more getting a, the punch set just for the extra cups. Yeah, you know what happened in the intervening year save? Somebody wrote a book called Punch. <laughs> and <laughs> wrote it for all of us. <laughs> That was pretty dumb, I gotta say. But fortunately, I already had my punch balls. I was gonna say, you already had like three or four punch balls, so you were yeah. set. But for everybody else who was still looking for punch balls. Uh, <laughs> I do apologize for that. Cool, cheers to that. So if you find any cool punch glasses or other glasses, uh, send us a photo on Twitter. We'd love to check it oh, out. Oh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to weigh in and, and just see what you find. It's a wide world of glassware, that's for sure. Cheers. Cheers. Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 